Hey, welcome back once again to The Real Podcast, where we, Pastor Brad and myself, are tackling the real questions that you have. This is a product of World Harvest Church, where we take the questions you had from this last week's message uh, that you texted into the phone number that we have. It's on the message in the screen below, the lower part. And also, if you have questions now, you can actually text them. That number is 580-402-8110. Any question you have, feel free to text it in, and we'll get it covered next week. But that's what I love. You know, at the beginning of this year, we set out with a revised vision of what we do here at World Harvest Church. And it's taking a real Jesus to a real world. And how many of us know we need that desperately? And and you said something this last week in this message, you know, these last two weeks, the messages we've been talking about real relationships. And you said something that was so profound. Um, When when I heard you said, I was like, I've never thought of it like that. For whatever reason, it's, it's never struck me like that, but it's so true. And you said that we've been hearing in the church, big C, the big church, as the church as a whole, we've been getting G-rated messages, but we live in an R-rated culture. Yeah. Isn't that the truth? It is, it is so true because, yeah. you know, it wasn't until uh, Brooke and I had kids that we started talking about, you know, at what point are we going to start having these challenging discussions with our yeah. kids? Because when I grew up, and I'm sure the same thing as it was with you, there were certain things you just didn't talk about. You def- you didn't talk yeah. about it with your parents, and you definitely didn't talk about it at church. <laughs> yeah, and that's yeah not, for sure. This, with, you know, with, with the dawn of the internet age and the information age that we live yeah. in now, that's not an option. Like, you either you either have these conversations, uh, you know, whether they're about marriage or sex or whatever it is, you either have them or somebody else is going to have them with you and your family. Yeah. And the education is going to come from someplace. Uh, the question is, who's going to be the person that's educating? Right. And I think that's what we got to do, step up as the church yeah. in a real world yeah. and bring the real Jesus to, because we've got the answers according to the Word of God. And mm-hmm. uh, from a biblical worldview, you know, the Bible just isn't a bunch of do's and don'ts, just because mm-hmm. God set up and said, what can we do to make people's life hard and miserable? Yeah. But there, there are the, <laughs> the, the principles behind the precepts that he's given us yeah. that are for our good, for, yeah. for our protection. And unless we are talking about those issues uh, in this real world we live in, people are going to fall into the traps of the adversary. I mean, yeah. we know a lot of people, uh, including myself, early on in my marriage, there was a trap set out before me, and I started kind of going down that road. But yeah. Thank God it was exposed, and I was able to deal with the situation yeah. uh, there and walk away from it. But, yeah. you know, there's a lot of guys and a lot of people, a lot of women today that yeah. they're so uh, engrossed in a, a habit or addiction that it's mm-hmm. hard for them to get free of. Mm-hmm. Well, and it's almost like it, it, it's amazing to me that in the world – it. I guess if you talk about the world as a whole, it's not a big deal. Like, it's okay because this is just out there no matter what. But in the church, for whatever reason, I I say in the past, the church has had this, oh my gosh, like, keep the gloves on. We're not going to talk about it. So today, the gloves come off. We're having the (laughs) the hard discussions. We're having the real talk. So we have a couple of great questions lined up today. Um, But real quick before we get to them, let's recap this last last Sunday, talking about not just real relationships, but marriages and the wrecks that can take place. I thought it was an awesome example. If you want to give us that summary. Yeah, the Lord gave me an analogy of like driving a car. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, there are many people today, they're licensed to drive a car, they're driving their car. You know, there's uh, young people that don't have their license yet, but they hope to do that someday. Um, You know, there are those people that kind of get older and they stop driving, Mm -hmm. you know, but uh, for a lot of those people that's driven in a car, they're licensed to do it, but they've experienced a wreck in their life. And Mm -hmm. the Lord really showed me that's a lot the way that marriage is because, you know, marriage, uh, you know, immediately when you talk about marriage, there's some people that kind of shut it out. Well, I'm not married. Yeah, but you know, so that didn't apply to me. Yeah, it so doesn't apply to me. But the thing that we got to realize, you know, our culture shifted. In the 1930s, eighty-three uh, percent of American adults were married. Mm-hmm. Today, that number's dropped down to about forty-five percent. Mm-hmm. There, so almost half. 
The issue is this, I really believe, uh, that we are losing the value for marriage in our, uh, in our world today, mm-hmm. but God created it. And so if God created it, there's a reason for that. And so I think marriage is one of those topics that we all need to hear from. And, mm-hmm. and especially, I think one of the bigger things too, the Lord showed me is that using that analogy of driving the car, we're licensed to drive. There's a high, high percentage. I took a poll in the service yesterday, how many have ever experienced a wreck before? Mm-hmm. And almost every hand in the congregation shot mm-hmm. up. I was shocked at the yeah. response to that. And it just made me realize that marriage is like that too, you know, um, Two individuals coming together as one, but there's a lot of personality and a lot of things involved there. A lot of times they ended up having a wreck. Yeah. Uh, sometimes it's a fender bender, but sometimes it's a major wreck. And we've seen relationships yeah. uh, have a devastating wreck yeah. where the, the vehicle's totaled. Yeah. Sometimes yeah. they're able to recover and work through things. We had a great testimony yesterday of a couple here that had a major catastrophe in their marriage, but they was able to work through it through the grace of God. Yeah. But many don't have that testimony or can't say that, and they had to split up and walk away. Mm-hmm. But God's grace is still available there mm-hmm. uh, for healing to come in that moment. Mm-hmm. And that's that insurance. You, you'd mentioned it before. That's that insurance is that, hey, yeah. when you have a fender bender, that's, that, yeah. that's the insurance of who Jesus is. Yeah, one of the guys caught me after service. I wish I would have thought of it during the message there. But he said, you forgot to mention about the insurance. I mean, insurance, what do you mean? He said, yeah, when you have a wreck, you know, you, your insurance agent comes in and fix everything up again. I'm yeah. Like, that's what Jesus does for us. <laughs> We've got to have Jesus in our life yeah, for that. Yeah, yeah. You know, so many times when you talk about marriage and challenges in marriage, because uh, a lot of times you, when you, I think when you say marriage, uh, depending on the experience people have had, it means for some people, it means something drastically different than what yeah. it means for other people. Um, and oftentimes when you have these discussions of the wrecks that you're talking about, very yeah. quickly it happens that it becomes a he said, she said, or who was wrong. And it's this appointing who was at fault for it. Yeah. And it really comes down to how, what, what is the, how do you work through the disagreement? How do you work yeah. through the challenges um, that you have in situations like this? And before we dive into it, I just want to say, first, if you're listening to this and you've been through a divorce, you're not damaged goods. Yeah. This isn't a fact of it. You know, if you've been That's through right. that before, uh, life happens. It truly does. And it's not a, gosh, well, you weren't able to fix it, so yeah. clearly something's wrong with you. That is not the case. And this is not a con- condemning conversation we're having at, all. at all. It's it's a fact of there's life and life happens. Yeah. Uh, and as we get into these wrecks, how do we work? Th- how do we work our way through it? And yeah. really, it comes to finding a place of agreement, like, kind of like That's you right. mentioned. That's right. You know, a passage of scripture, the Lord has really been stirring in my heart a lot lately through the series is Amos chapter three, verse three, mm-hmm. where it says, "How can two walk together unless they be agreed?" And I found it very interesting. I just ran into it this week in my study time that that word "agreed" actually means a meeting place. Mm-hmm. And it kind of caught me off guard at first, a meeting place. And I began to realize, oh, yeah, in relationships, whenever you're walking together, it's two. You know, we, we have our own perspective. Yeah. You know, even in our marriage, it says that two shall become one. And the problem is so many times when we come together as one, we're still trying to work through as individuals. Mm-hmm. We still have the mentality, well, it's you and me instead of we and yeah. us. Yeah. You know, we're a new unit. And so agreement means, you know, there's got to be a place of meeting in the middle in that. Or not necessarily in the middle even. Like you and I, if we come into a, a, a disagreement, yeah. uh, you know, you've got your perspective. I got my perspective. Well, if we're going to agree, there's got to be a yielding of our wills, our, of our perspectives to find the happy medium yeah. there. And very seldom is it 50-50, but you know, there's somewhere in the middle, there's a meeting place that you can come to because this is what I've learned. There's no such thing as a conflict-free relationship yeah. or conflict-free marriage. There's going to be conflict. Amen to those. Yeah. <laughs> and so we got to learn how to deal with those conflicts, you know, whatever it is, if, it, if it's, you know, parents and kids or employee, employer, or even yeah. in church life, you know, husbands and wife, 
how can two walk together? Yeah. Unless yeah. we be agreed. Yeah. And so if we would just realize we got to find agreement and there is agreement. I really truly believe there is agreement somewhere can be found mm-hmm. uh, in any relationship. Mm-hmm. You know, as you were talking about agreement, there's a, a book that I've been re- reading. It's called Why Are We Yelling? And it's talking about the art of, dis- uh, of agreeable disagreements. How do, how do you have a good disagreement with somebody? Yeah. And how do you come to terms where you can actually come to agreement like you were talking about? And one of the things that points out is, is you know, it, I think if, if when somebody would think about the term yielding, they think, well, are you telling me that I just have to give in? That's not the case at all. It's not that you're just yielding your perspective. What you're actually doing is opening yourself up to be receptive to understanding what is the other person talking about. Yeah. And it really, it really requires you to say, I, as much as I want you to understand what I'm saying, I need to have the desire to want to hear what you're saying, what yeah. your, your point of view is. And, and it's not just this, uh, of saying, you know, I'm just, I'm going to give up and I'm going to agree to whatever you say, but it's truly having a desire to want to see and understand where the other person is coming from. Yeah. Um, th- that's critically important. And when you do that, when both persons are able to do that, you're able to find that place of agreement where you can say, really you know is. what, I'm, I'm more yeah. concerned about understanding you yeah. when the other person is more concerned about understanding me. Right Now we can actually get somewhere because we are actually not trying to create a rebuttal to the argument or we're not trying to convince the other person. We're truly mm. actually just trying to understand where the other person yeah. is coming from. And if we would just all slow down long enough to try to find some understanding of the mm-hmm. perspective, a great analogy is this water bottle right here. Because if I ask you, Kinsley, what do you, what, what does that label say on the water bottle? Mm-hmm. You know, you're going to say... Purified well, drinking water. Yeah. Well, you know Brought what? Brought to us it, by great it, value. I, great value. <laughs> but you know what? That's not what I see. I see that if I take this back in Oregon, I can get 10 cents back. So now ask, I want to know which one of us is right. Well, uh, I can argue my perspective, my uh, viewpoint. Yeah. You can argue yours. Yeah. But until I stop and I look at your perspective. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. You were right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, well, this is what I saw. Yeah. Hey. Yeah. So now what has happened? Yeah. You had a perspective that I couldn't see. I had a perspective you couldn't see. Yeah. But until we stop to get understanding, well, what is it that you see? Yeah. How do you see that? Oh, yeah. I get it now. Yeah. And you know, that's such a simple example, but if we would just work that into yeah. our relationships, yeah. you, you know, know what, it would help us. You know what that requires? Though? It requires a willingness to observe the other side. Exactly. Because yeah. you could just as easily say, I don't care what's on your side. You need to understand. <laughs> you need to understand. I'm telling I you, it says purified <laughs> drinking water right here, but you've got to be willing to say, yeah. I see what you're talking yeah. about. And, and a lot of times, and I see this often in conflict, it requires a humble enough heart and spirit to to be willing to recognize when maybe you've made a mistake. Yeah, exactly. And oftentimes, I've been there, I think we've all been there, where you say to yourself, it's, this isn't gonna be more painful to have to acknowledge that I'm wrong and to have to apologize than it is to just keep arguing my side, which doesn't make any sense in the moment. Yeah. But I think we've all been there where yeah. you have to realize you're gonna have to ad- admit what you were looking at and the yeah. frame of which you were seeing things from. Yeah. Which is, which is I don't know huge. how many times Tame and I've had a disagreement and kind of got to the end. We're like, oh, we were talking about the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> we were wanting to accomplish the same thing. We were just looking at it from different perspectives. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Brooke, actually, just two days ago, we were talking about, um, do you remember, gosh, do you remember when we were arguing about uh, manners? In the in, oh, in yeah. your guys' kitchen, <laughs> it was one of the biggest knockdown dragouts. Brooke was Brooke was frustrated. My wife was frustrated. I was frustrated, and and you and Tim were just laughing about what are you guys arguing about? <laughs> we actually couldn't even remember what the argument was. We just yeah. knew that we were so both vested into it, and we right. were so frustrated that the other person couldn't see our side. To me, that speaks so so much to that. 
what the argument, what the disagreement is yeah. really doesn't matter. It's it, yeah. what truly matters and what we actually remember is the interaction between you right. and the interaction yeah. between me. Yeah. And how do we move ahead? Yeah. You know, yeah. Agreement. How can two walk together? Let's yeah. we be agreed. Yeah, that's huge. Yeah. So we're, we're blast, you know, just blasting through the real podcast, answering yeah. real questions. Um, I tell you what, if you have a question, we want to hear what your question is and you can text us right now, literally this second as you're listening to it, take out your phone and text 580-402-8110 and we will be able to text you or we'll be able to cover your question in the message in the podcast and the YouTube channel next week. When we come back, we're going to be covering two of the challenging questions we got from this last week's message. We'll meet you right back here on The Real Podcast with Pastor Brad Mendenhall right here on World Harvest Church. Hey, welcome back to The Real Podcast. With me is Pastor Brad Mendenhall of World Harvest Church, and we're walking through not only the challenging questions of real relationships that we've been talking about this last week, um, but really the situation of what do you do when you have a wreck, as we were just previously talking about. Yeah. What do you do when you get into these scenarios where there's hurt, there's pain, there's I yeah. mean, there's some serious uh, aftermath in these relationships that we've had. Yeah. And one of the questions that we got in this week, that which was a great question, um, was it came from a couple who said, you know, we'd gotten married uh, and we just weren't good together. It wasn't, it's not that we're terrible people. It's that it just didn't work between the two of us. Um, they'd gotten a divorce. They're doing great. They, you know, they like each other. They're nice to their spouses. The kids get along well. And the question was, are there scenarios where divorce is actually the best course of action when people aren't agreeing? That's a loaded question. I mean, that's a real yeah. honest question, but yeah. that's a loaded question. Yeah. So I guess first let's start with what does the Bible say about divorce? What, yeah. what does the Bible say about when divorce is okay or when, uh, when is it acceptable and what are those bounds of release, I guess? Yeah. You know, the Bible addresses divorce uh, in a few different places. One place Jesus talks about, you know, in, in the instance of adultery, mm-hmm. when you have an unfaithful spouse, you know, in abusive situations there. Um, but it really doesn't go into much past that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's also a passage of Scripture that says God hates divorce. Mm-hmm. Um, and one thing that people need to realize, you know, like a car wreck, I mean, I hate car wrecks. Mm-hmm. I hate them when they happen. But, you know, God hates divorce, but he doesn't hate divorced people. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's one thing we got to make sure that we correlate. You know, and reason why I think that it says that is because of the devastation that happens yeah. a majority of the time. Yeah. Now, the question that came into us, that's really the exception. We mm-hmm. don't hear that uh, response too many times because mm-hmm. a majority of the time uh, when a divorce happens, when a, a major wreck happens mm-hmm. uh, and, and the marriage is destroyed, usually the devastation of that is very much in the two individuals mm-hmm. who was in the marriage. And if there's kids involved, the kids are now the ones that really have to carry the brunt of the damage mm-hmm. for a long time, mm-hmm. which is even more serious in that. Yeah. So, you know, when we look into the scriptures there, you know, I, I have a, I've had a lot of people say, well, the only reason why uh, I ever divorce is if there's, you know, infidelity in the marriage. Yeah. But, you know, it's 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 a little tricky. And that's a, that's a pretty good question. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's especially challenging when you think about, you know, at times there's one individual who wants to get a divorce and the other person's like, no, not at all. I don't yeah. well, I, I want to be able to fix this. I want to be able to amend this. Yeah. And again, 
when you really get down to the nuts and bolts of what that is, at times, you know, we God gave us all free will, the ability to make our own decisions, yeah. the ability to live our own life, and to be able to walk life through with us as we make these decisions, but there's consequences for the, those yeah. decisions. And I know there's, you know, many of our listeners and people in our congregation said, I, I didn't want this. I had no desire for yeah. this to take place. Um, you know, when we go back to the, the insurance that we were talking about mm-hmm. of, uh, there are times where things happen to us. We have no control over it. We have yeah. no control. It's not that God was smiting us. It's not that he was yeah. uh, spiting us. It's not that he had anything, but literally our life was impacted by the choice of somebody else. When we sort through that, how do you, how do you, how do you walk through that? How do you recover from that? Yeah. Of saying, you know, because like you said, there's exceptions to it where divorce, you know, in this case, the question we got in, maybe it did make sense. Um, we'll come back to that in a second yeah. because I would say, why did it make sense at the beginning? Maybe there was yeah. uh, something at the very beginning of the relationship that maybe wasn't going to work at the beginning, yeah. but only was identified later. But real quick, let's stay on this point okay. of if your life has been impacted by somebody else and in this relationship, you're left with the hurt mm-hmm. and they left. Where yeah. do you where do you start from? Where do you start yeah. over from? Well, it definitely you got to go to Jesus. Yeah, uh, because in a rift like that, I used the example of two different colors of Play-Doh yesterday in the message about mm-hmm. how the two become one and how I, I mesh them together. Yeah, and to separate them, you're never going to separate them back to the original state because yeah. there's always going to be you know parts of the other in the, yeah. the division in that. But you know, I believe that the grace of God is so sufficient for yeah. every situation. And so spiritually speaking, you got to get back to God. You got to work on the relationship with Jesus. You got to get to the place of wholeness into your life. Because one thing that always concerns me is when people are, there's the rift happens, the pain is there, and they immediately, as quick as they can, they jump into another relationship trying to uh, bring a wholeness and a healing Mm -hmm. to their life because of another person in their life. That's not the answer. Yeah. You know, when a divorce happens, a wreck happens, just like in a physical car wreck, you got to get whole first. You got to yeah. get healed up yet before you can go back to start driving yeah. again. Things have got to be fixed. Things have got to be repaired in that. Yeah. I mean, getting into the Word of God, and I tell you one of the things that I've grown to value more than anything in my life besides the Word of God and my, is other people. Mm-hmm. You know, this is why I think groups are so important that we yeah. come around other people. You know, we know God loves us, but there's something about walking hand in hand with somebody else in our life, you know, especially those that's been through it before, just knowing, you know what, I can look at your life. I'm not saying you and I have, but you know, if you've been through something that I'm dealing with now, well, Kinsley made it through. Yeah. There's hope for me. Yeah. Because the devil loves to play the blame game. Yeah. Well, nobody knows the pain you're feeling. Nobody knows what you're going through in your life. Mm. This is you just know? this is just a you problem. Just you this problem. But it's not. Yeah. And, and there's 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 help and there's hope yeah. out there to be found. And yeah. And just gotta be willing to go find it. Yeah. I so to play uh, opposite advocate, I'm not gonna give the devil any any, sure. any ground to play opposite advocate. I think there's a lot of people who'd say, okay, great, great. That's a real Christianese statement to make of saying, you just got to go to Jesus. Yeah. But I'd like to offer this is, is it's not a cliche. It's not Christianese yeah. because when we as Christians say, hey, you got to trust Jesus. You've got to run to him as your source, as your solution, as your hope to yeah. the problem is because as believers, there's a couple of baselines we have to believe. One, that there is a God, Yeah. The ba- you know, the basics. And when yeah. you go through trauma and tragedy, sometimes you got to go back to the basics. Is one, do you believe there is a God? Yes or no? Yeah. As believers, yes, we know there is a God. We've seen the evidence not only scientifically, but also evidence all throughout life. I mean, yeah. the more science dives into it, the more su- support there is yeah. that there is a God, 
there is creation. Um, he was he was the developer and creator of it all. So one yeah. is our God. Two, um, did he have a son Jesus? Yes. There's archaeological, scientific information and data for that that proves yeah. there was Jesus, and there is uh, manuscripts and history and testimony of who he was and what he brought to life. And three, does this kingdom still live? Is what Jesus done yeah. on the cross, his his sacrifice, his death, his resurrection, was that real? Yes, it was real. I mean, yeah. that's not just me and my opinion saying that. I mean, yeah. I, I'll, I'll be honest. I, I think we've all walked through the point in our lives where we've questioned, was Jesus real? For me, I had to dive into the archaeological findings and the science behind it and, and the actual truth data that science could be able to support. Yeah. And what I found was there was more <laughs> data for Jesus existing than not. So if you find yourself saying, you know what, you Christians, you know, you say you just got to trust Jesus. When we say that, when we say you need to run to Jesus, we're not just tossing up a hope and a prayer. We're yeah. saying there is more scientific evidence and backing for the support of who Jesus yeah. is and what he does in your life than there is for there not being Jesus. Yeah. So when we say that, it's not a cliche statement of, oh, you just got to put your faith and believe. It's a, it's a putting your nose to the grindstone, yeah. getting into what the word says, because the word is not only true, but it's consistent. Mm-hmm. Um, and, 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 and not just believing, but applying it to your faith. You know, yeah. uh, the word says that faith without works is dead. And oftentimes right. uh, we misconstrue that works part as saying, well, you have to do a lot of things to achieve right. it. But actually, when you actually look at the, the verses and the chapters, what it's talking about is the work is the application of your faith to there a situation. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Faith without works is dead because if you do not apply your faith in work to the scenario, in action to the scenario, then yeah. what good is your faith? Yeah. You have to. So when yeah. we're talking, when we make those statements of saying you've got to trust Jesus, we're saying it's okay to boil it down and ask the questions and say, you know, why does this hurt so bad? Jesus, right. what is it? But when when we do reach out to Jesus, it's not just in a hope, it's an ex, in it's yeah. an expectation. Yeah, and, and whenever we go through something devastating like that, mm-hmm. what happens there there's that void that's created. Yeah. You know, the hurt and the pain that's there. Yeah. And when we talk about going to Jesus and seeing that relationship that we have with Jesus Christ, and yeah. He begins to fill in those gaps and those voids in mm-hmm. our life, mm-hmm. in that, and because um, He's real, yeah. In one of the life. messages, I think two weeks ago, you know, I talked about I used the analogy of a cup, you know, when because we're imperfect people serving a perfect God, we're all on the journey of transformation, so we all have work to do. Mm-hmm. So there's we all have a little bit of gap, yeah, in us, and. Um, some people think, well, if I would just remarry again or jump into something else and look to somebody else to fill that gap, then I'll be whole. But the problem is that we look at our life mathematically. You know, in math, two halves make a whole. Yeah. But in our real life, in the real world, uh, two broken people don't make one whole person. Mm-hmm. Two broken people mm-hmm. equals a, a really messed up couple. Yeah. I've heard the example of Swiss cheese. You yeah. put two pieces of Swiss cheese, there's still going to be some holes there, <laughs> still gonna even though you may, <laughs> you may think yeah. that it's not and, going to. And that's why it's important that we do go to Jesus, that we go to the cross. Yeah. We, you know, God loves us. He cares for us. And let him heal those hurts. Mm-hmm. You know, God's bigger than divorce. I mean, he's bigger than anything we'll ever face. You what, know? What, what does it mean for him to heal those hurts? Yeah. Because if I'm, if I'm listening to this and I'm, uh, I've heard about Jesus, I've been in, you know, maybe I've been disconnected from church, uh, I had my my parents' faith, but it really yeah. hasn't been my... What does it mean for it to allow God to heal the hurts? Because I've met several people who have said, I'd love to. How does he do it? Yeah. And when is he going to take the pain away? Yeah. I think one of the biggest things we got to get to is when we come to Jesus, especially in a relational wreck, is we got to forgive. That's really the, usually the first step. Wow. we got to yeah. forgive. Because as long as we hold on to the bitterness 
or uh, let me rephrase that. As long as we hold on to the situation that hurt us, then it will turn to bitterness. Mm-hmm. And when it turns to bitterness, then we start producing bitter fruit in our life. Mm. And so if we'll go to the, get to the place, and it's hard when people do us wrong that yeah. you got to forgive, but that's the first step. We've got to forgive. Yeah. And this is what I know about forgiveness. To forgive is an act, but forgiveness is a journey wow. in that. It's kind of like our salvation. You know, when we get saved, it's an act we did, but then we walk it out. Forgiveness is the same way. Mm-hmm. You can forgive somebody, but a lot of times you still have the emotions of it that's attached to that. But the forgiveness part of that is then beginning to release that person from the offense and beginning yeah. to let the healing take place. Yeah. You know, and, and I, sometimes it can happen instantly. Yeah. When you, you know, Lord, I forgive. And then all of a sudden, I'm like, oh, I'm free. But, you know, I've had people really hurt me hard and deep, and yeah. I forgave them, but I still had to deal with emotions. But when the, when the trigger points would come into my brain and the thoughts would come, I thought, no, I forgave them. Yeah. I forgave them. Yeah. And the further it's, I got away done. from that, yeah, and, and remembering that, yeah. then I was able to detach the emotions from it. It's kind of like a scar. You know, after the wound, it's very sensitive. You can't hardly mm-hmm. touch it. Mm-hmm. But as it begins to heal, eventually it gets to be something that's just a mark on your life that yeah. has no feeling there. And you remember it as a historic event, not as something that is fresh and wounding mm-hmm. to us still. Yeah. And that, for, for some of us, that's, uh, man, that's a course of a year. For some of us, that's a course of many years. Yeah of walking through that. And yeah. I think one of the things that, that often gets missed is when you say, I just want to be past this pain, you're absolutely right. It, yeah. it, it, it's not a magic pill you take. It's an action that you have to be able to be yeah. willing to walk through to say, first, yeah. in order for me to be able to move this, for in order for God to be able to move in my life, we do have to walk in that forgiveness and we have to be willing to walk through that journey of yeah. wanting to forgive and being willing to forgive because there's been several times, even in my own life, I said, I don't want to forgive them. Yeah. Yeah. Feels I'm not, good I'm to not hold about, it. I'm not going to let them out of this. I yeah. don't want to forgive them. Yeah. I want them to have yeah. to revel on this. I want yeah. to hold it. But yeah. w- what it, what it is, it's toxic. Yeah. It's toxic to your own life yeah. because you're not, you're not giving it up. Yeah. Forgiving is not just about them. More than anything, yeah. it's releasing you to no longer right. be bound yeah. by the pain and the hurt that yeah. was holding you back. Yeah, carrying unforgiveness in our life is like uh, me drinking poison, hoping you're going to die. <laughs> <laughs> Please don't do that. Please yeah, it's do more that. damaging yeah. to me than it is to you. Yeah, yeah. In that. So hey, we got to th- release it. There's one more question that I thought was really important before we blast out of here today, and it was this. You know, we talked about divorce. We talked about, the, you know, there were the bookends as we talked yeah. about. There were the outliers to the bell curve of the yeah. average uh, of what happens. But another great question that came into us was, um, you know, we talked about getting things right and that sometimes if there yeah. are those cases where divorce was was uh, probably the, maybe the best thing that happened to some, to some people or a couple of people, um, what, what would have led to that? Like, what would have led to the point of could it have been found that maybe that 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 marriage wasn't right or they weren't the right person in their life yeah earlier on and the question specifically came to how do we know who the one is who the right yeah. person is yeah i think the uh trying to answer it real quickly not real long i think if you got to start right uh-huh. and i think many times i've seen that people don't start right yeah you know, and because a lot of times we're, we're very emotional beings, we can be driven by uh, emotions mm-hmm. or, you know, even testosterone, you know, we're like, oh, yeah. baby, let's go. Yeah. Uh, but we got to slow down. Quote because that, it's, by the way. It's a decision. <laughs> it's a decision that's, that's going to affect you. Yeah. And I think this is why I'm a big advocate for, you know, premarital counseling. Yeah. Uh, taking the time, talking through things taking a look at your makeup, your spouse's, your, your fiance's makeup, yeah. and let's just see how this thing's going to fit together because if you start bad, you, it's not, 
Well, we're going to get married, so all the problems are going to go away. Yeah. No, no way. It does not happen. Does <laughs> when the marriage happen. take place, anything that's there is magnified, <laughs> yeah. good and yeah. bad. Yeah. And so it's important that you take care of it up in the front side yeah. uh, in that. And, and, you know, and it goes back to the be in agreement. You can come to an agreement on things, but it's you got to start right. Yeah. Um, you know, toxicity in marriage, if it's not dealt with, it will lead to divorce. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot of dysfunction in those things. And so, you know, again, that's the exception. Uh, to that, uh, but it does happen. Mm-hmm. So I think my best advice is you just got to make sure you start right. Mm-hmm. And you know the idea of the one. I, I'm a I'm an advocate to believe in, in anybody can make it in a marriage by doing the right thing. Mm-hmm. But you really do need to start right mm-hmm. in that. So yeah, because it's not about marrying right; it's about doing what's right. Yeah, yeah. There was a conversation we had as as we wrap up here that in talking about that, the right one. Um, it's, it's so important to be able to go back to the Lord. And again, it'd be easy to say, well, that's a cliche statement. But the reality is to be able to go back to the Lord and trust him more in the yeah. foundations of your relationship than you do your own, own, own yeah. opinions. Because again, as believers, we believe a couple of things. One, there is a God. Two, there is Jesus. And, and, and he is more real than you and I yeah. sitting here in the flesh. Yeah. If that is the case, which it is, then that means that the person that you're interested in marrying also was created by the creator. And yeah. who knows his creation better than the creator? He yeah. does. So when you get into a relationship, uh, a lot of times it's exciting to be in a relationship. It's exciting to be dating. It's exciting to frankly not be alone. I, yeah. I remember that many times yeah. that, that you would date just for the fact I don't want to be by myself. But when you, when you go back to the Lord and trust him and say, hey, God, I trust you in this. And I lay this relationship but I need the confirmation. I need you to give me the peace that this is the right person. Um, I've known people that said, man, that was a great breakup. And I'm like, what are you talking about? You you just broke up the person. It's like, yeah, but we both agreed that we weren't the right person for each other. And um, it it was a great breakup. And that all comes back to the ability to trust God and what he's telling you and that peace that surpasses every circumstance and and situation because he knows them better than you know them. And he yeah. knows where they're going to be five years from now. He yeah. knows the type of person they're going to develop into and the type of your pers- person you're going to develop into. He knows who that is. Right. So yeah. who better to trust yeah. in, in the beginning and the foundation yeah. of a relationship than the one who made both of you? That's right. So Let me uh, throw something in here yeah, just please, real quickly please. before you wrap this up. Yeah. I just, in my experience of life, um, you know, I believe that God brings that person into our life. Mm-hmm. There's a high majority of the time that I've always seen. I think sometimes I'm just wondering if the enemy knows that God's getting ready to bring somebody into mm-hmm. our life because I, I can't tell you how many times I've witnessed this. I've witnessed myself. I've witnessed a lot of other people. It seems like right before the God brings that one person in, mm-hmm. somehow somebody else slips in right in front of them. Oh, yeah. And it seems like, oh, everything's really good except this thing. Yeah. Yeah, and we're like, oh, but I can get by with that. Oh, and or I can like, fix it. Or, or I, can I can fix it. it. <laughs> and luckily, I mean, you know, yeah. um, I, we don't talk about it a lot. Tammy was engaged to be married when we started dating. Wow. You know, yeah. uh, you know, I had a girl, you know, about a year before I yeah. met Tammy. I thought, oh, she's gonna be the one. Yeah. But this little thing here, and I see that happen so many times. Yeah. So I would encourage people there. You know, if you really want to know the one, just give it a little time and pray about it. And if, there, if there's any question. Slow down, because there may be God getting ready to position the one that He is bringing you. That's wild. Until you said that, I didn't realize. It. Brooke and I both uh, were in serious relationships before we yeah. both swore off dating. We're like, whatever, yeah. we're done, and then yeah. we actually met each other. That's hey, amazing. I see a high majority of that. That's wild. Yeah. Wow. Well, hey, be encouraged today yep. that if that's you and you're saying, I think you know, everything's great except this one thing. Um, don't make exceptions because God makes things perfect yeah. when we truly trust in Him His in time. It. 
It doesn't mean that you're looking for the perfect person, but what we're doing is waiting for the perfect moment of when God brings those things together. And you can trust God. You really, truly can. Hey, it's been so much fun, as it always is right here on The Real Podcast. Remember, don't forget to, if you have questions, we want to hear them. We want to hear them here. So text 580-402-8110. Send your question to us, and we'll make sure we get it covered next week, uh, as long as there's not too many questions. Hey, thanks so much for Real Talk right here on Real Podcast a production of World Harvest Church, and we'll see you next week.